My husband helped with the first South by Southwest. Nice. Like my husband helped. Yeah. So that's, that's, cool. that's how old we are. Yeah. He was like, they, they sat and listened to cassette tapes and chose the first musicians. They would just sit in an office and that's so cool time consuming. <laughs> yeah. I love that. All right. Fast forward. Oh, wait, too far. Back up. Back up. Zzz. I miss a cassette tape though. Oh, well, man. no, I mean, they listened to it, um, like to figure out who the bands that they were going to invite that first year. Mm -hmm. So oh, they would uh, send in like demo tapes. Like endless demos on cassette. Oh. Gotcha. Yeah. And so yeah. he and his um, friend that I think was the only employee for South by at that point. Um, and this other guy just sat in there for hours and, you know, we're like, oh, I think Ben Folds 5 may go somewhere one day. It's Thursday, February 11th, 2021, and you're listening to Ukirk Atlanta Presents, the Ukirk Atlanta Podcast. Hey, hey, everyone. It's the first podcast of the new year, 2021, off to some kind of start. Thank you for joining in with us. This week, Sarah Hooker and Drew Wilmisher are joined by Reverend Ginny Norris Lane. Ginny Norris Lane is the executive director of the Ukirk Collegiate Ministries Association. She has 14 years of campus ministry experience at Shriner University and has served congregations in San Antonio and the Atlanta area. This week, we discuss all things Ukirk related as she is the director for Ukirk at the national level for the Presbyterian Church USA. We'll do a basic introduction. Say your name um, and your job title, I guess, um, so that we have we can have that. What's and your, then we'll what's just... your LinkedIn? Just yeah. read us your LinkedIn. <laughs> okay, I don't have a LinkedIn. Yeah, I don't think. And uh, <laughs> and uh, so I. I've that, that's a whole other thing. That's I've a whole other thing because I'm like, it's, it's kind of scary. I don't know. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm Reverend Jenny Norris Lane. I am the, I don't know why I just like did that. Um, welcome to worship. It's very um, grand. You have to spread your arms out when you introduce yourself. <laughs> right. You're a very open and welcoming pastor. Come on in. Good morning. Okay. It's a pastoral. Clearly, clearly, I can't even say my name without messing up. <laughs> anyway, I, I'm Reverend Jenny Norris Lane. I am the executive director of the Ukirk Collegiate Ministries Association for the Presbyterian Church USA and Cumberland Presbyterian Church. I, welcome, first off, but I did not know that that was our official name. <laughs> Yeah, so Collegiate Ministries Association. Association. That is our IRS official name. And our but, EIN is <laughs> We'll put we'll put the EIN in the in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> Tax deductible donations. Can, can be applied here. Yes. Uh your gifts are appreciated. <laughs> right, right. Should I be writing this down for the ad copy? Uh, no, no. <laughs> and um, but normally we just say uh, you you Collegiate Ministries, um, or 
if we're talking to other UKIRK ministries, we say UKIRK National as opposed to UKIRK Atlanta or UKIRK UTK right. or or whatnot. So right. we have a lot of acronyms, or not acronyms, a lot of pseudonyms. Pseudonyms? What is it? Acronyms. When you, aliases. Aliases, we have a lot of aliases, like UKIRK Collegiate Ministries Association, AKA UKIRK National, AKA UKIRK, AKA yes. UKIRK Network. Wanted in 13 countries. <laughs> Yes. We are. We are. <laughs> We're going to take over the world one day. We're going to lockbox with like 19 passports stashed away. <laughs> so please tell me none of this is going to be on there. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know. I thought you had a much smaller audience. <laughs> I, I mean, yes, yeah, so we have the same problem with Ukirk Atlanta because we used to be, we used to be uh, Westminster Fellowship at uh, when we were at Agnes Scott a long time ago. Then it was Agnes Scott Presbyterian Campus Ministry, and then we were Emory Presbyterian Campus Ministry, uh, and then and then we were Ukirk. Atlanta. So we have multiple names all everywhere. So, <laughs> so what's really fun is you've mentioned the pivot grants. Mm -hmm. So we gave 20, 21 pivot grants out, um, $500 grants uh, during COVID uh, to help people pivot uh, to pandemic ministry. And you have to have, you know, your who, who's the check made out to and so there was this, so there was the name and then, um, but the official name was like Wesley Ministries or something like that. And they're like, is this a Ukirk? Is this really, is this like, did they sign up just to, you know, get this? And I'm like, no, no, it's, they're real Ukirk. <laughs> they just, they're, they were incorporated 50 years ago and have gone through an evolution um, and now are ecumenical, but they've just kept the same, you know, name. So they don't have to mess with the IRS. Yeah. Which is, yeah. which is something. Yes. <laughs> it's, or, like or for those of us that aren't incorporated, like us who got the grant, but then had to get the grant sent through some other actual incorporated right. entity. <laughs> There's well, a lot and, of shell and corporations. We're really uncovering what Ukirk is wanted for in 13 countries. Right, right. Seven well, but interestingly enough, yeah, we could have served as that because you know, but but most of our ministries take donations, and so when anybody asks, we're like, so how do they make the checkout <laughs> to your ministry? And they're like, oh, oh, well, that's you know, such and such Presbyterian Church, and you're like. Okay, would have never known that, but that's helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, well, uh, we're glad that you're joining us today. Um, this is a this is what our fourth episode, Drew. Yes. So we are very new at this podcasting thing. So <laughs> we're developing. Uh, so what are the so what are the other three? Um, we interviewed, uh, our first one was Reverend Hamilton Barnes, who is a hospital chaplain here in Atlanta, yep. um, a seminary classmate of mine. 
Um, and uh, so he talked with us in September. Yep. Yep. It was September. Um, about COVID and hospital chaplaincy and uh, other stuff like that. Um, we talked with Sarah Lear. You probably know Sarah Lear. Um, I know of Sarah Lear. We have never met in person, but I do know. I do well, know her. Once we're allowed to like meet people in person again. Right. <laughs> highly recommend <laughs> meeting Sarah Lear in person. She is. She's in Texas now. Was a person. She's in Texas now, so you know yep. you're striving. At first Press Dallas, yeah. Um, uh, so she was our second guest, and then um, our third guest was Miriam Morkish, who is um, uh, we cl- we claim her as an alum of Ukirk Atlanta, even though she went to McAllister College. Um, but she's from uh, she's a member at Central Presbyterian Church. Okay, um, and I, would go I'm to real Mont- and would go to Montreat with us. <laughs> okay. I'm real intrigued conference. how you how you claim her. McAllister is a hot minute from Atlanta. It is, um, but she did not participate in college ministry there, but she participated in our ministry. It's <laughs> Montreal. Awesome. <laughs> so, yep. Plus, she's from Atlanta here. Um, oh, okay, students. cool. Yes, yeah. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. She, yeah. <laughs> she's from here. Yes. I'm, Sorry. I'm there. During, I'm there. She's not in school. She was in Decatur. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that was the thing that I was most surprised about at Montreat last year just last year yeah was the number of congregations that bring all their you know kind of students that are back from college together or well I go to this place but I every year go with Ukirk Atlanta to Montreat there are these very interesting connections about kind of how groups gathered to go. Um, all the all the college students in a Presbytery in Louisiana, uh, you know, they got on a van and drove over. And um, mm-hmm. so, which is very cool, but it was sort of this, I find, I found that I had to say, now, now who are you with here? And, and yeah. how is that connection? Like, right. <laughs> How did that work? Right. Call for me your family tree. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we have, particularly last year, but I think every year that I've gone, there's always been some, at least one student who's been very involved in our ministry through the year, like on the campus, whatever campus that might be that we're at. Um, but then they go to Montreat College Conference with either their home presbytery or with mm-hmm. as independents with us with a group of friends or with a sibling that's at a different university or college like so like even when we've gone not everyone who is part of our group like stays in our house like they're and it's they're okay. scattered you know, they're I scattered die, around i only die a little inside when they do that to us but it's fine, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> So, so I'm glad to know that you absolutely take it personally. Yeah. <laughs> Almost yeah. everything. <laughs> as, as one should do with people who are in college. Yes. I mean, it, it's, it's real. it, it shows, it, it, it's a really good example of how our church is super interconnected and interwoven right. and where, 
our students and young people find their places within mm -hmm. the denomination and when in their faith life like that you know we can have super active they can be super active with us during the year like on our student leadership but then for montreat right. like they're like no i'm going with my sister or i'm going with my you know this is the place that i go like i've been looking forward to going with this group through all of high school because i know they go so if they have a church group or whatever like a congregational group um you know and so it's like yeah like of course go, go be with the other folks and so like that we all kind of share in this responsibility for mm. uh these young people um uh is uh you know it's pretty cool how we're all connected there and then we just know each other and we you know then we get invited to each other's houses for dinners and you know right games and puzzle nights and stuff like that uh which is always fun so but i love the way that you just said that about the fact that we're all um you know kind of charged with nurturing this larger community because i can't think of a better way to describe church mm -hmm. especially in relation to college students and young adults is we're all still charged with you know carrying our piece of the web um for them to have a, a safety net or, you know, a trampoline. I don't know. I never really thought about the net being a trampoline, but now I'm gonna, that's kind of a cool thing, right? It's a safety net, it, it catches you, but it also helps launch you. Yeah. It is a way more fun web to get caught in. Yeah. It's like yeah. those, it's like those webbed, um, like those towers that at like kids fun zones Mm -hmm. oh, like the that are wall. that are like yeah but they're like different levels of all crisscrossed webbed like and they're oh, kind yeah. of springy they're not full-on trampolines but they're you know flexible pieces of material that are all stretched across and then you know you got to climb up <laughs> the whole way you also just described most of my furniture in college so <laughs> <laughs> right right The mission of UKirk Atlanta is to energize, coordinate, and develop relationship-based ministries on Atlanta-area college campuses and to build connections between college students and PCUSA congregations. UKirk Atlanta strives to foster supportive, faithful communities of students who, together, seek to engage faith in their everyday lives. If you would like more information about how you can support UKirk Atlanta or become involved, you can visit ukirkatlanta.com. You've been the director for 18 months. Okay, since so say at least a year. But... Yeah, since, since mid-July of 2019. Um, what has been your, like, most, what has been your favorite part of this, being the director of such a big thing? That's right. not necessarily a thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it is a thing. And I think yes. <laughs> that's one of the things that makes me most excited is that um, I get to tell people it's a thing. Mm. And um, I, I think the, oh, there's so many, there's so many things that are awesome about this job. Uh, but hearing people's stories, um, talking to campus ministers and 
sometimes providing pastoral care for them because there's something going on. Um, and often they are, you know, walking the tightrope without a net or hearing stories of sharing students and having dinner um, and then sharing those stories with people who don't even really know much about collegiate ministry in the denomination. And then they're like, that is amazing. And, and it surprises me, you know, when you're in this ministry, because I was in it before I became um, the executive director, it's your world. Like, yeah, like, you know it. And you know about TikTok and you know about, you know, Snapchat and all this stuff. And you also know that you never want to be on Snapchat because sometimes you see things that you don't want to see and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But you forget that there are, is a whole huge church that doesn't really know about this ministry um, and how cool it is and how complicated it is and, um, and how different it is than it used to be. And so I think... I think the number one thing is sort of hearing people's stories, personal stories, um, you know, offering, you know, offering care and support, connecting with resources, uh, but also then sharing the story more widely. Um, that's just one of the things that's so cool about the job. I, I could tell more. I could tell you more. Like, <laughs> I'm sure. Go ahead. <laughs> We're, we're well, all about conversation. This is an extremely informal podcast. Right. <laughs> you know, but I, but to your point about the fact that it's a thing, but not a thing. Yeah. Um, so there are a lot of times I'll call somebody just kind of like a cold call to introduce myself. Um, and part of it's to make sure that their information is up to date on the uh, UKirk website and just let them know kind of the new things going on. And they will often say, oh, yeah, I remember filling that form out. Um, now, now, what is this again? <laughs> like they just, you know, and so then you get to introduce them to a connection yeah. um, and, you know, what we can do together that we, you know, maybe, you know, can't do alone or it's better when you do it together. Um, and so connecting people doing similar ministries across the country that they kind of didn't know about. Uh, that's also really cool. Telling them they're in the family, even though they didn't know it. <laughs> the Ukirk family. Um, what has been like, what has been one of your goals uh, for talking in talking with congregations, but also the denomination as to as as a whole um, um, about the importance of college ministry, because um, I think um, most campus ministers, uh, the two in this uh, room right here can certainly attest to that. But um, I think even among college students is because um, I hear this so often from students and they'll be like, I didn't even know like campus ministry was a thing. Like, what is, what is this? Like when we do orientation events, people are like, who, who are you? And what is this exactly? Like, um, especially campus ministry from a, uh, 
mainline denomination that's not like uh, InterVarsity or, you know, something like that, which are way more well-known and not necessarily the same type of programming that we have. (laughs) Right. So how- Well said, well said. (laughs) You know- I'm trying to be respectful of my colleagues who are very dear in these types of ministries. (laughs) You know, I think that that one of the things um, that I realize is that part of it is just saying, did you know that our denomination has a collegiate ministry, right? That we have over 200 ministries across the nation and very basic introduction. And again, it's it's always surprising to me how many people don't know. Um, and so then you'll you'll start kind of asking questions about you know, if they're in a state that has a lot of collegiate ministry, it's also really strange. Like you didn't know, like, how did you not know? Because you figured that, especially those that are, that are supported by congregations or that are congregationally based. Um, I, what I often say is that college ministry in the Presbyterian church is the best kept secret. And in, oh, yeah. and we, you know, we don't have to, we don't have to keep it a secret. (laughs) These are, um, these are amazing stories of ministry happening. Um, But I also think that, that kind of more theologically based, there is a real struggle with what is campus ministry? Mm -hmm. Is it mission? Is it outreach and evangelism? Is it Christian formation? Is it part of our baptismal vows? Um, is it, um, you know, kind of this, is there, is there any reason to put funding into collegiate ministry um, when the question about return uh, is often asked? Sure. Um, and, you know, because because there is such a kind of scarcity of time and resources, the, the, the assumption of scarcity. Um, and so I think that in addition to that kind of beyond the introductory, we exist, connect your students. Um, if you don't have a collegiate ministry at at your school, uh, there's, there are a couple of churches that I keep saying, don't you want to, explore starting one, you know, there are some ways that we could help you, you know, connect with, you know, funding sources or think about that. Um, Because it's amazing to me how many schools don't have a UKIRK, even though there are Presbyterian churches in the area. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so in addition to introducing and connecting and saying, this is how you learn about where your student is, or this is how you send your students information. It's also about saying it's all of these things. Yeah. Right. That, um, you know, kind of concentric circles. I'm, uh, for some reason, used that image a lot this week. But if you think about just our Presbyterian homegrown kids, you know, that, that we do have something for you. Uh, and what does it mean to explore when you've been raised Presbyterian and, um, and that's your base community. 
um, but also stay in dialogue with? And what does it mean to have those relationships? Um, and so in addition, just for our kind of, you know, Presbyterian kids, um, also the other mainline kids, uh, the other students that don't find a home, as you said, in other, um, you know, theologically different collegiate ministries on campuses, mm -hmm. uh, people who don't feel like they belong in church because of, um, you know, a, a whole host of reasons. Um, and then, you know, the, the friend of a friend who gets invited, who never has heard of anything, you know, didn't go, grow up religious, you know, um, and they're kind of intrigued like, oh, a lot of our, a lot of what I tell congregations is with students that are kind of not raised in a faith tradition. The number one thing that I hear campus ministers get is, oh, well, I didn't know you could believe kind of this on a social issue and be Christian. Like, that's not a big deal for y'all. Um, <coughs> excuse me. And it's like, no. And, and they're like, wow. Oh, oh, because I always thought that Jesus, if you believed in Jesus, it meant this sort of score of things. Yeah. Um, that usually are more tied, I think, to... Um, theology beyond scripture. The U Kirk Atlanta podcast is also brought to you by caffeine. Lots and lots of caffeine. If you've ever done that thing where you brew a pot of coffee, then pour the coffee back into the back of the brewer and brew a second pot of coffee using the first original pot of coffee, I can't recommend it. got this job, I went back and looked at every uh, thing that I could find since reunion in 83 about college ministry. Wow. Um, because I just wanted to see, you know, because, you know, there'd been studies and there'd been overtures and uh, I got an email from the former, I don't remember, I think it was um, higher education ministry at the denomination. Um, and when I started in campus ministry, he was working at the denomination at the first things that I went into. And I'm not sure many people decide to go into college ministry and then say, I'm going to take classes because as you all have said, you know, not, not so many, not so many. Um, <laughs> but a lot of people sort of end up in collegiate ministry and then they're like, this is my call. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that kept coming up in all of those documents was we should maybe talk to the seminaries about having some courses or having some training or at least going to the seminaries and saying to students, this is an opportunity for you to do ministry and you can do it as an ordained person, but mm -hmm. you can also do it as a not ordained person. Right. Because I think that's, that has been such a shift since I went to seminary a, a very long time ago, several 
decades ago. Um, was I'm almost there. I'm almost at 20 years. I'm and um, <laughs> I'm at, I'm at, so I went to seminary 27 years ago. So, nice. wow, gosh, I'm old. Um, anyway, but it's, but it's funny because now I, I have students that are in seminary and I'll say, you know, do you want to be ordained? And they're like, nah, I don't think so. Um, but they've got an MDiv. They want to do ministry. Um, and, you know, so it's, it is interesting because uh, Neil Meyer and I, who's at um, Michigan State, we're talking about what would it mean to have, you know, either, either some con ed courses um, that you can do online, like commissioned ruling elders do, or, you know, a yeah. course in seminary <laughs> with led by maybe their local campus minister. Um, or what would it even look like to have a variety of ways for people who are in seminary to explore what this call could look like? And not only campus ministry in um, kind of at state schools, but also chaplaincy in a Presbyterian related college or university. Um, yeah. And, you know, and it's exciting to me to think about those kinds of long term goals um, of of growing this part of the church. Um, and especially as we think about um, you know, 1001 new worshiping communities and, you know, that, that people who have this, these spiritual gifts can use them in this way. Um, right. Because I think young adults need more and more conversation partners um, and more guides along this kind of precarious journey from adolescence to adulthood. Right. You know, even then, than we did. Oh, Definitely. Um, One of my favorite memes that I see on occasion get passed around is uh, <clears throat> no one ever talks about Jesus's miracle of being in his 30 and having 12 friends. Uh, yeah, it's, it's so true. It is 100% a miracle. I mean, you, you just get it gets harder and harder to maintain relationships without, you know, something to hold on to. Mm -hmm. And have, it's yeah. And one of the things with this Ukrick video that's been really interesting with pastors who sense their call or who were very involved in religious life, campus ministry in college, is they often say some of their best friends today are the people that they were in ministry with in college. Um, and it, one, to your point, it's hard to find friends when you're an adult. Um, and nobody really tells you that, but also what does it mean to have gone through this time of your life sharing this exploration and this curiosity um, and also this, you know, service. Um, Chris Henry, who's at Second President Indianapolis, talked about going to Haiti and the Dominican Republic for the first time with other Presbyterians um, from ministries when he was in college. Um, and how his eyes kind of, he was like, there's a whole new world. And once you know that you can't like not know that. And, mm -hmm. and to have people who, you know, can continue to, you know, pray for you or, you know, 
I don't know that you can, you know, have those kinds of people in your life that are the three o'clock in the morning kind of friends. Um, but, but you're right. It is <laughs> adulthood and friendship. Yeah. The lost <laughs> years, right? Like that, that could be a whole other, um, that could be a whole right. other thing. Right. I mean, it's, it's one, that's one reason why I encourage, like when I was in congregational ministry, I encouraged high schoolers, um, and, and college kids, um, like participate in these big national events, like go to Trianium. I will find the money for you to go to Trianium. Like you need Mm -hmm. to go because like you seeing other kids, so many other kids, not just like a group of them, like thousands of other kids from all over the country and all over the world, um, kind of doing the same thing and participating Mm -hmm. in the same thing. And just like, just being like, whoa, this, this church is bigger than my little tiny church, especially for like, I grew up, I mean, even for me as a pastor's kid, (laughs) like I knew the church was bigger than just one small congregation because I was in, I forget how many of them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, right. In different states all over the country um like i i participated in congregations so i like i had an understanding of like the expanse of the presbyterian church right um but they were all small my family my parents were pastors in small rural churches um or medium-sized churches in smaller cities mm-hmm. um so the first when i went to triennium in high school it was it was even shocking for me as a pastor's kid who has, you know, grown up in this sphere to be like, there are this many, mm-hmm. this many kids, um, you know, and then extending that onto the young adult volunteer program afterwards, like how much of a life-changing experience that was for me. Like, um, but to see even my colleagues who were there with me at my site, um who did not go into ministry mm-hmm. <laughs> like one became a lawyer one became a dentist one became <laughs> uh, one is a politician um and and uh, a stage director like like play director like you know we didn't all go into ministry <laughs> we didn't all go to seminary and do <clears throat> this weird calling that we have <laughs> but like that they that shaped their life in extremely meaningful ways and influenced their time as adulthood in their own careers um, and Mm -hmm. provided them a faith-based kind of understanding of what the world is um, going on. Um, So like, I'm I'm really annoying about it. Uh, Any of my students can tell you. I'm like, (laughs) oh, you want to take a gap year? Young adult volunteer program. Right. Like, you don't need to go to grad school right away. Take some time off. Figure out who you are. Volunteer with the church. Like, do some stuff. Like, do all these things. Um, And, like, I just, like, that's one thing that I wish that the, like, the national church, the denomination could, like, get money behind, um, like, a thousand and one kind of thing to be, like, let's figure out how to get these students engaged in meaningful 
faith and public life. Like Mm -hmm. these two things are tied together. And that's what, I mean, especially now, that's what these college kids are number one concerned about. Like (laughs) there is no separating the two for them. Uh, They are completely meshed together. Um, So, you know, let's give a bunch of money to help them figure out how to do that well. And to be like, yeah, the church has something to say about this. And here we are, we're going to provide you all the tools to kind of explore that and figure out how to do it um, without any added cost to you. Right. (laughs) Because it's that important. (laughs) Well, and, and to your point, it's, it's a conversation that that happens over time. And as you kind of navigate um, all of these different parts of your life. Mm-hmm. So the, the general thing that I hear from young adults that are in college that are Presbyterian, that when I say, oh, are you involved in your UKirk or campus ministry? They'll be like, I just don't have time. I just don't yeah. have time. Okay. Um, and, and I get that. Like there was a period of time in college where I did not get up and go to worship on Sunday morning. Um, but, but what does it mean that they want to engage those conversations and how do we help them, but also fit within this very stressful season of life for many of them, especially if they're having to work and raise money to go to college, you know, or if they're managing, you know, uh, I'm double majoring in music and whatever. Anybody who is a music major, uh, is their life is, their life is owned by that, um, or engineer or architecture or, you know, name the kind of most popular, uh, major on your campus. Um, and what I say to them is just, you don't have to jump in the deep end. <laughs> what is, but what does it mean to just keep having this conversation, you know? And and so text messages matter and, you know, emails matter, even when they, you know, don't often read their email very frequently, um, you know. Oh, yeah, I should check that. Or, or ever. <laughs> or like, or oh, care packages matter, right? Email? Like, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but, but the other piece of that is that um, Jimmy Hawkins, who actually I found out um, was a campus minister for a time when he was early in his career, who spoke last year at Montreat College Conference and is now the uh, long title at the Presbyterian Washington DC office that has an official name that I'm, I can't remember. Office of Faith um, and Public Witness. I that think one? that's it. I think that's it. Um, so after Montreat last year, he and I started talking about what could this look like? Because it is, and this was pre-pandemic, and then all of a sudden it, you know, kind of exploded, um, you know, after the pandemic. And so, so he had somebody that used to be on his staff as an intern and then somebody that works with the United Nations office, who's a young adult and maybe for Yav, maybe not. Um, but they're, we are in conversation with them and some students, um, I think at Howard of 
like what does it mean to have a an advocacy you know training for young adults you know yeah. what would it be like and what would it be like to help them do it as opposed to all of us old folks in the room doing it yeah um but i do like that you know i a shepherd or a midwife i think that's part of the job of the denomination is to say oh you want to do this we're going to come alongside you and provide some infrastructure especially if they've never done it before right um but to continue these conversations yeah. and and to not be freaked out if you say i don't know if i believe in jesus <laughs> okay <laughs> let's talk about that right i mean first. so yeah <laughs> right and, or, to, uh, or to say or to not be freaked out when they're like i you know i don't actually i'm not presbyterian right <laughs> Right. I I'm Baptist. I'm Catholic. How I'm Catholic. I wish I'm... I could understand those words. <laughs> what are we right. even doing here? <laughs> right. Well, but I also think the general assumption about campus ministry um, 50 years ago is we are invested to make pastors, right? To, to form the next generation of pastors and to fill our pews yeah that um and though of course that's kind of the the idea like we invest in this and we are a part of their spiritual formation and we want them to find a home in the denomination and in the local presbyterian church um yet there's a larger calling of what does it mean to introduce someone to faith in Christ? What does it mean to walk alongside them as they ask the questions that they never thought they could ask, or they say the things that they've been thinking all along that, you know, they never said because they're right. really good at the, the church answer. Right. Um, because it is, I think our, our call is not just spiritual formation or mission or evangelism. It's also as a witness that there is a, a faith that can transform your life. Um, but it's not just about eternity. It's really about what, how you live your life now, uh, how you invest your life, um, how you see your life in the midst of, uh, being held by God's grace and love, um, and being, you know, an ambassador for Christ in all of these spheres, you know, whether you're a dentist or a lawyer or a, you know, candlestick maker. Um, I don't really know. Do candlestick makers, do they still, are, do we still have candlestick makers? I would assume oh. that we would. I mean, oh, we yeah. still have candlesticks. Yeah. Yeah. Someone's making them. I mean, <laughs> again, weird thing that I learned on TikTok, like candle TikTok, candle talk. <laughs> Candle like, there's TikTok. just videos of people dipping, dipping thing like they're like the multi-layered, and then they got like they, they can be super fancy of like like when they like peel a little bit and then they like curl it over and like it's. I'm glad you know that what the, the 1890s version of hipster is still alive. In the <laughs> right, right. Uh, we got some churning butter back here on butter talk. I mean, cottage core is in. It is yeah. the new thing. 
it's even like gotten bigger with the pandemic because people are like i'm stuck in my house all day i might as well make the space that i live in super cutesy and like like home fermenting plants everybody has plants you see i feel like you could also do nothing and that would still happen just like don't clean or you know take care of your home and you're gonna grow plants and stuff is gonna ferment right just leave that grape juice bottle in the back of your fridge you know for for a year or two and and see what happens i will say i part of me is like do i need to start auctioning off tickets for emory science students um to when we finally get back into our fridge at our space on for our every campus ministry because <laughs> that fridge has not been opened in a year <laughs> that know. is i was just what? thinking that that the like four or five weeks of christmas break you kind of had to do the math to mm-hmm. see if the grape juice that you use for communion the last worship service yeah if you would kill people if you used it for the first worship service of the year but yours, you win because that that's a long time. I'm, that's I'm a excited. long time. I can't it's remember. An adventure, what was on. I tell you. Like, ooh, what's growing in here? This is all pre-pandemic <laughs> germs that have been trapped in this fridge. Like, <laughs> well, fortunately, we're close to the CDC. We can just ship it over and be like, here's a time capsule. Right. <laughs> <laughs> If you need to know how microbes from one year ago are going to respond to now the current things in the air, here's your samples. Just a big masking tape across in February 2020. I forgot what Dr. Pepper was even promoting in February 2020, so I'm excited to see what promotional cans are in there. I think it's huh. um, I think it's a, a college football game, pretty sure. In February? Or well, Super Bowl, I mean, that would maybe? be like the January. Oh, uh, that's true. The January purchasing of the cans. <laughs> the cans. Oh my gosh! You All know, right. and and there's a there's a line though between when you're like, no matter what we find, we will restore this fridge back to its original state, so we can use it again, and. We're just not even going to open it and take it to the curb <laughs> and, and, and see if somebody has another one, because what uh, that could be, that could be frightening, right? What if something has actually, all of the living things have come together and it's going to, you know, jump out at you. Oh, I, I mean, mean we're, this is a real, you know, the thing situation, like whatever is in there. Is going to assume the identity of whoever opens it first. <laughs> and then we're all just going to be freaked out thinking like, Who? which one of us is the fridge monster? I don't know. Or is it going to be like the Bo- a Bogart, the Bogart from uh, Harry Potter <laughs> that when it emerges, it's your worst nightmare. It transforms into your worst nightmare. Whatever that, that yeah. is. <laughs> not it. I call it not it. I'm not opening that <laughs> right now. <laughs> but it would be interesting to know if somehow the COVID virus got into the fridge before, because I think that one of the things we know now is it was in the States before we thought it was in the States. This is true. And so, you know, 
That could be somebody's PhD right there. I do regret now the policy we had where if you had to sneeze, sneeze into the fridge. (laughs) I I regret it now. So, I mean, we just felt like into the arm was still too close. It's not a big room. (laughs) Oh, man. If you find yourself stuck in front of the computer screen for 12 hours a day, but still crave something different, you can visit Ukirk Atlanta's virtual chapel. You can find it at ukirkatlanta.com, navigate to virtual chapel space. There you will find an interactive screen, complete with spiritual practices and outlines for you to do on your own or with others. Again, that's ukirkatlanta.com, the virtual chapel space. What's your altitude? I, I, yeah, I don't know. It's above. It's above. You've got a large, you've got a large picture outlook on. Let's say since it's the whole country, like let's just say fifty. Like how many, how many, how many feet till we get to not being in the atmosphere again? How many feet till we get to where my background picture is? Yes. Right where where we start floating. (laughs) Right. Where's that? Um, the Jeff Bezos. Where gravity um, starts going away. <laughs> yeah, where they hit and they're there and they float and then they come back down. Oh, um, I'm not. I'm not there. I'm just a little bit before that. Your sub orbit. I yes oh, yes. Got it. <laughs> so uh, my question to you is: uh, if you had to compare your um, position, your uh, day-to-day operations, your overall mission. You know, take all of that into like what uh, what fantasy or action or uh, sci-fi movie character would you equate it to? Do you feel more like a Gandalf who's moving, you know, from site to site and just kind of orchestrating? Do you feel more like, uh, you know, the um, I don't know, a, a Nick Fury situation? Like you've got eyes and ears everywhere. <laughs> oh, ooh. Um, does Dumbledore count? Absolutely. Um, 100% double door yeah. always counts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Dumbledore sees the the big picture and orchestrates it for the good of the world, right? Like it's not just about what's good for Dumbledore, it's not just what's good for Hogwarts. Um, and it really is, uh, to put dramatic emphasis on it, right? Like, you know, the, the combat between good and evil, um, and, you know, we're not, (laughs) evil is a, that's a whole theological discussion (laughs) that we could have. Um, you know, the existence of evil. Relevant. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> right. But it is interesting to think about what does it mean to um, t- 
to hold space. You know, I think that what I love about Double Door is that he knows a lot of things that he doesn't tell Harry. Um, and that there's a sacrificial element of it. Um, and there's a reality, though, that not everything's going to work out and that, you know, the bad does exist and that you have to choose kind of where you want to stand in this. Um, and, you know, my, my job is not, um, in, in many ways, campus ministers are all Dumbledores too. Um, Dumbledore's you know, army. because yeah, Dumbledore's army. And, um, because, you know, so many of our students hit, either have had to go through things that we would never, ever have wanted them to go through. And they're trying to figure out what, how they heal from that, but also what part of their story is that. Um, they are existing in a pandemic <laughs> in, you know, a, a time I heard yesterday, um, from a campus minister that uh, one of his students is working in DC as an intern at the Capitol this semester. I hear and, it's lovely this time of year. Right, and they said you were supposed to move in today. Uh, fun fact, you're not gonna move in until after it, the inauguration, but if you do move in this weekend, you have to let us know so we can have a safety plan in place. Um, the bad stuff is real and what does it mean to walk alongside and and hopefully have more wisdom, um, but also to to foster a sense of um, courage and faithfulness mm. and friendship and community and um, an investment, even when it doesn't seem like it's going to be worth anything. And so, uh, if I'm the Dumbledore of the Dumbledores. Um, would you to say you're the double doorway? I'm sorry. Maybe I'll I'll, uh, I'll mute myself. Maybe mute myself on that one. Maybe. Yeah, Sarah's cackling, but she has also muted herself, so you can't. I can see it. <laughs> I'm, I'm only muting myself because my child is yelling oh, right okay. outside my door. Yeah. So and um, a double doorway. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I will. I will go with that. As a. As, as strange as that, as that analogy is, um, you know, I will go with that because I think that one of the things that uh, we never think about is who encourages Dumbledore, mm -hmm. right? Who um, helps him continue uh, knowing that it's not, knowing that it's hard, knowing that you're going to lose, knowing that no matter what you do, no matter how much faith you have, Job is a, a book in the Bible. <laughs> um, and we have to deal with that as Christians. Um, you know, but what does it mean for Dumbledore to have encouragement, especially in those times where it is, um, you're, you're watching and, and you can't do anything about it. You just have to be present and you just have to love. Mm -hmm. And you just have to remind, you know, the, the students in your charge who they are and that they're gods and 
that God's love is stronger. You know, Romans, you know, eight, God's love is stronger in Jesus Christ than anything, any power, any principality. Um, and to, and to continue to say, you know, to all the local Dumbledores, what you're doing matters. You can do it. It's hard. It's complicated. What you're doing is, is staking a claim for Christ in this world and for Christ's transformative grace and love. Um, but also then to, to be a doorway to the other side of the denomination, um, the congregations and the, you know, all of those who don't really even know that campus ministry exists. Um, and, and to say, you know, this is the story. This is, um, you know, this is what's happening in these students' lives. This is what they've grown up with. I mean, it is so interesting to me to read those um, every year, uh, you know, students it, students that are coming in as freshmen this year, this is what they've been through. And, and yes. you realize like their lives have been shaped by a lot of things that hard or traumatic for us as adults. But my 11 year old, this is what he's gonna remember of the first president he remembers. And so what does it mean to say, I know this is everything that you've lived through, but this is not normal. This should not be the norm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and helping them understand that and, you know, to, to live a Christ-like faith, no matter what job they do. Yep. So a Dumble doorway to the denomination. Perfect. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah. This was a great conversation. Thank yes. you so much. <laughs> You're so welcome. <laughs> Hey everyone, thanks again for listening to another episode of the Ukirk Atlanta Presents the Ukirk Atlanta Podcast. To find this and other episodes, visit our podcast page at ukirkatlanta.com or wherever podcasts are played.